The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. And new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL game to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code 518 to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 518 only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Before we get into this week's conversation, we want to tell about the people that make the show possible, like Johnstone Supply in Troy. Fall is officially here, and that means changes may be coming to your home. Does your furnace need to be replaced? Are you looking for an upgrade for your heating system? Johnstone Supply in Troy can make your home heated properly for the colder weather on the way. A family-owned and operated business, Johnstone Supply in Troy has been helping upstate New York residents for decades. Visit their store on 6th Avenue in Troy for more information on how you can help upgrade your home this fall. Whether it's finding the proper change for your filters or making sure your home is heated properly for the new weather, Johnstone Supply and Troy staff. Shout out to everybody, man, from George to Cav Fish. Love everybody on 6th Avenue in Troy. Appreciate them being with us from day one. It's so awesome to hear the compliments they've been getting this summer. We cannot wait to hear them this fall helping people across upstate New York. If you love the podcast, you love Godzilla Media, Go out and support our friends over at Johnstone Supply in Troy. George and his friendly snapper looking forward to seeing you stop in. Follow them on Facebook. Leave a message at Johnstone Supply Troy NY or call them today. 518-272-5922. 518-272-5922. It's Johnstone Supply in Troy. Now, on to this week's episode of Getting There with Gods. <laughs> Another edition here of Getting There with Goss, where we talk about the career journeys of athletes, coaches, media members, business owners, and more from upstate New York. This guy, I finally, after years, actually got to talk to him in person and now I've roped him into doing this podcast. That is Chris Watson looking forward to learning about his media and career journey on this episode. So Chris, for those who may not know you, let's go back to a younger version of you, six, seven, eight years old. Where'd you grow up? What'd you want to be as a kid? It was in that same dream job you wanted when you were 18 years old. Yeah. So, I mean, shockingly that our first introduction came at a bar, right? At a, at a place with a, an adult establishment with, with beverages and wings. It's shocking that that's where I would make connections with somebody, right? Yeah. Listen, I, it, my background is pretty easy. I'm a dude who grew up in Oswego, New York, you know, about an hour north of Syracuse. Uh, family still lives there. All of my relatives are, are generally central New York based. Uh, you know, my, my athletic career was as short lived as anybody's athletic career could be. Like people ask me how I got into this business. I was like, 
it was easy. I couldn't play sports, so I had to talk about it. Like that was the easiest transition for me. My my athletic career was like two years long. It was two years of little league in Oswego, and then when I didn't get drafted for senior league, that was it. There was no athlete. There was no athletics for me. So. I, I was a sports junkie. You know, I collected baseball cards in the 80s and, and into the 90s and I kind of got hooked. You know what I mean? That was that's where it started for me. Became a, you know, a card collector who became a sports watcher who, you know, picked his allegiances to his to his teams. And once I got into high school and discovered kind of what sports broadcasting was, that's what that was my niche. I found I found my thing. You know what I mean? I needed to be around sports. I wanted to be around sports. That was my way to it. So you're an upstate New York guy. And as we've touched on in past episodes, and I know you know this, there's Syracuse, there's Ithaca, there's your home college, Oswego. When you're going through that process, what schools are you looking at? And there's a little hint out there that maybe didn't go too far away. Listen, I, I was a homebody. You know what I mean? Like I, your, your poster in the background is homage to as far as I really got away. Like that, that 03 Syracuse team, I was there for it. I mean, but my journey was was pretty simple. You know, I, I knew in high school what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. I knew I wasn't, you know, there are some people that when you graduate high school, you know you're ready to go to a four-year school and you're academically and and, and socially and, and emotionally ready for college of, you know, what, 30, 40,000 kids going to school. That wasn't me. I, I needed more. I, I went to community college and it was the best move for me. I went to Herkimer County Community College, had an awesome radio television facility, had professors that were super knowledgeable that allowed you to do things and get hands on. That was the right place for me. I did my two years at Herkimer. And then the story I love to tell is the only thing I knew after Herkimer was I wasn't going home. I wasn't going to go to Oswego. I wasn't going to go home. I was going to go somewhere. And all the somewheres I looked at just didn't didn't fit. It just didn't work. And there were a lot of places. It was all New York based. It just wasn't right for me. And I wound up at Oswego, and I lived at home. And it was the best thing that happened. I finished my two years at Oswego, and it was met the the best friends of my life, made the best connections of my life, and loved every minute of it. It was absolutely perfect for me. And that's where I finished, and that's where I graduated from. There's so many things there. I want to go back a little bit because I want to offer some perspectives for Herkimer because we haven't a lot of Herkimer alumni on this that in particular that time frame for Herkimer Community College and it's fantastic. There's people who've gone, but like that, that late 90s, early 2000 window, it really was producing talent and especially in upstate New York where, as you mentioned, Syracuse Athletics is doing well and there's a following. Like that is a great stepping stone for people for their careers and you were right there in the middle of it in that time period. So here's here's what I had found, you know, as an outsider kind of getting started as a kid. And then once I got into the business and saw interns come in, you know, that were in the position I was in, interns who became employees, employees who became, you know, kind of longstanding, and we were kind of spoiled. You know what I mean? I went to Oswego. I will, I will tell you to the day I die, it was the right choice for me. It was the best program. It was the best people I met, worked with, and continued to have good friends who went to Syracuse. It was right. It was where they needed to be. It took their journey where they wanted to be. A lot of same people went to Ithaca. That was their choice. That you know those those three places right in central New York churned out a ton of broadcasters. People went west and went to Fredonia and Brockport. People went downstate and went to to New Paltz or went out to the island. And then you know years later, I met a lot of people who went to uh, Linden State in Vermont, which turned out a ton of broadcasters. And 
you know, you, you pick the place that's right for you. I was fortunate, right place, right time. And for me, it was home. You know what I mean? That was the other thing that was easy for me is, you know, until I moved to Albany, which was like 2009, and I never really left my, my comfort zone of home, which was central New York. When you're getting those reps in Oswego, by the way, like now we're talking hockey, we're talking about some competition stepping up a little bit. You mentioned you lived at home, which is a, a whole different dynamic for a lot of college students. Were you able to, I know you mentioned you had friends and connections like that, but I'm sure they looked at you like, I say this nicely, like a townie, like, wait a second, this townie yeah. is hanging out, right? You know what I mean by yeah. that? The, the ultimate phrase you ever hear in any college town. And I thought it was like exclusive to Oswego. Like you'd go out and you were a townie and then you come to find out when you were from Cortland, that's what you were. And when you were from Rockport, <laughs> that's what you were. Wherever you were, you were a townie. I, I was really lucky because one, I knew what I wanted to do. And it was radio, television, it was broadcasting, it was journalism. You know, my, my major and my track, that was locked in. I met really good people working in all the different aspects. Like, I went television. That was what was right for me. I was TV, but I did some radio stuff. I did some newspaper stuff for the Oswegonian. I, I dabbled in other things, which I think was important for, I, listen, that was my journey, but I think it's important for everybody to, you know, don't, don't specialize. What do we talk about in sports, right? We're always like, you're a football player. Don't just be a football player, be a, be a track, you know, be, be a lacrosse player, be a basketball player. Don't specialize. I think this, the same is true in what we do in media and in broadcasting. Like, you can be a radio guy, but learn how to do a multimedia journalist. Be a television person, but know how to be a really strong writer. You know what I mean? There's a you got to be well-rounded. When you get to your senior year, like most students, they do eventually tell you you have to leave because you are graduating. You can't stay in college forever. What is that experience like for you looking for that first job? And where is that professional first job location for you? So the, the one thing that I always tell when I do like a career day or, or talking to I'm not a kid anymore, but when I would talk to young kids who weren't that far removed from where I was, the, the thing that was most important to me was do an internship. And if you do an internship, do it at the end, end of your school years. Like, you know, I'm, I'm all for doing multiple internships. I'll never tell you, don't do them as a sophomore, do them twice as a junior, do them. I was really lucky. I did my one internship the final semester of my senior year. I did my internship, which ended in May graduated and then that like late june or july the place i interned at had an opening in their sports department and i was fresh on their mind you know they, they had had a part-time 30 hour a week you know sports video journalist position open i was fresh in their mind i i had just left and it was perfect timing i mean you you, you can't get any luckier than i did and that's what happened and it was absolutely perfect for me was it wstm in syracuse that was Channel 3 in Syracuse. That's right, WSTM, Channel 3 in Syracuse. And I was, you know, graduated in, what, the, the May, June of 98. And I was working there by June, July of 98. June and July, 98, and that fall into 98. Chris, we're talking about McNabb. We're talking about the glory days of Syracuse. Like, this, this is your first job. You're covering that amazing Syracuse team, one of the greats of the last 25 years. I was, you talk about being spoiled because not only is it home for me, you grow up in central New York and, you know, you pick your allegiances, right? You're, you're a Bills fan or you're a Jets and your Giants fan. You're a Yankee fan or you're a Met fan or you're a Red Sox fan. In Syracuse and in central New York, SU is the pro team. Like that was the one thing that we all had. We were all Syracuse University basketball, football, lacrosse fans. Syracuse is the pro team in central, in central New York. 
that's what I grew up rooting for. That was my team and that's where my allegiance was. So when I got to cover those games and again, doing career days and, and career fairs and talking to kids, I used to tell them it was the, it was really the, the biggest scam in the world. They pay me to go sit in the front row at the dome yeah. and watch these football games and watch these basketball games and then go on TV and, and report about them. Or in my case, start as out as a, as a cameraman shoot the highlights of McNabb running wild, beating Miami in the dome. Your footage is on the, on the air. It, it was the best. It was, you talk about being spoiled. It was, it was fantastic for me. Find some footage of that pass interference call against Tennessee, by the way, we all know that's, that's not a pass interference. Martin, it, Martin yeah, and Will Allen, Martin. I can tell you right now, like it, it changed the trajectory of their season and of our season. I can tell you right now in that season opener in the dome. Section 303, row double Z, one and two, a younger guys heard words he had never heard before at that point yep. in his life from some, let's say, uh, highly liquidated Syracuse fans up in that section. Uh, you and I could talk about that Cuse team forever, uh, but that role you're doing, you're filming, you're, you're seeing, you're shooting games, you're working, as you said, you can't believe this is your first job out of college covering the team you want to cover. What is the next step in your career hold for you? So I was really fortunate to, you know, that was really the get your feet wet moment job for me. You know, I did two years part-time, you know, 30 hours a week making, I mean, I, I used to know it off the top of my head and now I forgot, but it was something like $15,000 a year. So that's why I was living at home. You know what I mean? I, I couldn't afford to live on my own, right. um, but I did that for my two years, kind of, you know, again, got my feet wet, cut my teeth, made a lot of mistakes, learned from a lot of really good people, got a little bit better, but wasn't, you know, on air as much as I wanted. And the natural progression was always to go, you know, some people's journey is they work in one market, you know, central New York is home, and then you go to Boise, Idaho, or then you go to, you know, somewhere in Iowa, or you go somewhere to New Mexico or Nebraska or Florida. I never pinged around a lot. You know, that wasn't, that wasn't my journey. I, I stayed close to home, like I said. So for me, it was Syracuse to Utica. That was the next, the next step in the journey perfect learning market for me, you know, at a, at a time when we ranked, I feel like they used to rank 210 or 12 television markets. Utica was in the, the mid to low 100 and somethings. So when you looked at it, it was a good learning market. You know, you, you got a lot of reps. I went there as a sports director to Channel 20, the ABC affiliate, WUTR, worked there for three years and just got a little bit better. You know what I mean? Learned how to, to deliver stories, learned how to tell stories, got more comfortable on air. And, you know, my three years in Utica were great. They were incredibly important to, to you know, I had a guy tell me one time when I was filling in at Channel 3, when I wasn't getting regular reps and I wasn't on TV a lot, you know, we were we were in the, the makeup room. And I remember him saying to me, he goes, it's tough to get better when you don't get a lot of practice at it. And it, and it stuck with me. Like when you don't get reps, it's just like the guys we cover. You know, if you're a pro athlete, you're not getting first team reps. It's hard to be on the same page with everybody. And I, I wasn't getting that until I got to Utica and anchored five days a week, Monday through Friday for you know almost three years. And I felt a little bit more comfortable. I felt like I was doing a little bit better. Getting an opportunity, like you said, getting the reps on air and proving what you do as a journalist, as an anchor, a, a host, all that stuff is super important. And Utica, the market, you mentioned still upstate New York. So you've got contacts from central New York. You're covering new teams, new schools, and it's a sports director job. Uh, it's still early in your career, which is truly remarkable. Even though the market size is down to have that opportunity so early in your career and in upstate New York, again, all that stuff works in your favor. So 
Look, you're working in Utica. By the way, for perspective for an audience outside, Utica and Syracuse not too far away. You know, no. we're about, you know, less than two hours from that spot. So sports director, Utica, things are looking good. You could carve out 20, 25 years if you want there, but you decide Utica is not the spot for you going forward. It, it was great for me because there was a comfort, you know, again, New York State guy, uh, Central New York guy. So we've covered a lot of Syracuse stuff. I would still go back to the Dome and cover Syracuse football and Syracuse basketball because there was certainly an interest in the Utica market, you know, small market, minor league town. We had minor league hockey, minor league baseball, um, you know, some colleges. At the time I was there, Utica College was just starting to develop as a division three program. So it was up and coming, you know, and, and wherever you work, I don't care what market you work in, high, high school sports is king. You know, in some markets it's bigger than others. So in Utica, high school sports was king. So, you know, I, I had done my time there. I had, had enjoyed it. We were also, you know, it's kind of ironic when you look back on it. I did my time in Utica and one of the trips we'd make a couple times a year was to Albany to cover Giants camp. You know, we would come here to Albany to cover Giants camp because we we're kind of right in the middle, right? We had Syracuse going this way and Albany going this way. And there was enough of an interest in central New York, Syracuse, Buffalo, things of that nature. But then there was enough Jets, Giants, Yankees, Mets to go the other way. Um, so I was kind of right in the middle. But, you know, it, I had done my time there. It had been like three years. And I, I can't remember why it was time to go. I, as I look back on it, guys, I honestly think there was a lot of, you know, the, the market had shifted. And the, I can't remember what company owned my station. But there was a lot of downsizing going on. And there was a lot of like, hey, you know, small market television below the 120th something market. They were really squeezing in on it. And I went through a lot of downsizing it. it stations where sports was the first thing to go you know that first station i worked at channel three i left right at the end of a transition when they went from doing full-blown sports coverage to that two-minute drill style where it was just kind of cram a couple headlines in and get you up to date you know that that was probably one of the reasons i left utica is because it was it was the writing was on the wall that we were going to get downsized that sports was probably going to take a back seat to news weather and human interest um, and an opportunity came to come back to Syracuse to the sister station, Channel 9, which at the time I think was WIXT. Again, another Syracuse University heavy market. Um, and it felt right. It's incredible to think about that right there because so many people, because of your unique background and your unique college education and what you find interesting, all that, to go back to a market you've already worked in before, maybe in your career you can count it on one hand, how many people have been able to pull that off and do it professionally and have success? So you're now in a channel nine. And it's, it's probably interesting because you're bumping into people at games that you worked with before, but they know it's still a job and you do everything else. So uh, look, for our Central New York listeners, I don't want to make this as like a, a pro wrestling reference here, like WCW versus the WWF, right? Like you jumped, you're like Rick Rude showing up on both channels all of a sudden. Somebody will get that reference. Uh, so for, the, for the record, yeah, go we could go into a whole in-depth about that. I can tell you wrestling in the 90s and the monday night wars like if you were going to ask me if there was going to be like a hey what's the, what's something people don't know about you or what's a goofy thing i'd be like yeah i was a big pro wrestling guy back in the day like in my late high school college and then like 20s and early 30s years yeah i was a big wrestling guy so we could go on a whole a, a side road about that this is more reasons why i regret you and i not talking up until this past spring but uh so channel nine similar responsibilities similar yeah. things going on and it's a another chapter in your career at this point it, it was it was the right opportunity at the right time it was a chance you know i use the words come home oswego isn't a tv market so syracuse is the closest thing you could get to it being an hour away closer to family and friends 
you know, I, again, Utica was great for me to, to learn, to get better, to get reps. It didn't have the same feel sports-wise as Syracuse did. Syracuse University is that thing that everybody gravitated towards. It just, you know, it felt like it was, it was a good chance to come home. There was some writing on the wall that maybe my station wasn't going to have the resources that it used to. So I better kind of take care of myself. And, you know, as I look back on it, I was probably in my, my mid-20s at that point. So I, you know, I hadn't even started to, to think about working into my 30s. So it was just right place, right time, opportunity, comfort level. You're right. There were a lot of familiar faces, not only with the teams and, and the, the sports information people and the media contacts that you work with but certainly in the market, you knew a lot of familiar faces too. Is this where Time Warner Cable starts to happen and you start to appear on there? Is it mixed? Is it you're exclusive to one? Is there a non-compete? Kind of take us through that process of what happened there. So I worked at Channel 9 WIXT for one year. So that would have been uh, the 2003 season. So the, the, the best thing that happened to me was I came to Syracuse. I believe it would have been August or September of 03 and left about a year later. So I was only at that station for one year. And the year that I was there was the year that they won the national championship, the homage behind you, uh, you know, to, to our local legend, Craig Forth and company. Uh, You know, I got to be there on that ride for that Syracuse basketball team. So I came back, you know, did a football season, got through the high school season, did everything that I was familiar with. And then that Syracuse basketball season came around and man, that was just, that was the ultimate. Like of all the things I've been able to do being around that team. And I was fortunate that I was kind of a a third sports anchor slash camera guy. So I traveled with our sports anchor, you know, to all the places. And I just remember for four, four straight weeks, I was on the road and I went from Madison square garden, big East tournament, Boston for the first round of the NCAAs, Albany for the, the the regional round of the NCAAs and then New Orleans for the final four. And I just remember what a whirlwind that was and what a great time it was being with that that team on the road. But after that ended, so sometime around, you know, the, that summer, uh, Time Warner had launched the 24-hour news channel in Albany. They had launched Capital News 9 about a year prior. So like 2002, 2003, they had launched that 24-hour news channel in Albany. And we had heard that they were going to do the same things in Syracuse and, and media people talk, you know, I had heard they hired this guy. I heard they were looking for this. You know, they're going to do 24 hours in Syracuse. They're going to open a building on Erie Boulevard. And it intrigued me. It was, you know, I, I was doing third sports anchor work. So I was doing a lot of cameraman work. I was doing a lot of reporting, but not a lot of anchoring. And, you know, I, I felt like I had put in a little bit of time in the market. People knew who I was. I had made some connections, maybe not as strong as some other people. But it, it was interesting to me because it was something new. And I thought, listen, they got, they got to hire a whole new staff. The, the Time Warner operation in Syracuse, which when it launched was called News 10 Now, it interested me because they had to build everything from scratch. Like when you apply for a job in TV and you're trying to get the weekend anchor sports job, that's probably the only job open at the station. You know, maybe they're looking for a sports guy. Maybe they're looking for a reporter. You know, they need a director or producer, but there's not that many jobs. This was a news channel that was launching from the ground up and needed a hundred and something people to launch the whole thing. And I was like, there's gotta be four jobs in the sports department there. And they, you know, I've got to at least get an interview for one. So I put my stuff together and went for it. And 
you know, to cut the story short, uh, cut the story short, you know, I got their weekend sports anchor job and was there at the ground floor, like was, was there when we launched a channel from the start, which was probably the most rewarding and fulfilling thing I've done in my career. It's so exciting too, because you're taking this new journey of what this can be and how the coverage can be different. And for people who are in this field and broadcasting to be creative and to test something and see what works and see what doesn't, there are times that it's not disrespectful to traditional media companies or media companies, heritage stations that have been around. Sometimes when you see success doing it a certain way, there's some stubbornness of not changing it. But when you get to walk in the door and say, hey, we get to try something no one else has ever tried before. Let's see what we can do. You guys get to have that happen. Is this around the same time as well? Hopefully my timeline's pretty close on this as well, that the high school live sporting yeah. events go directly in central New York to this station? Very similar, very similar. So I was I was fortunate to start there, and I think it was like August or September of 04. Uh, we did like two months of dry runs and rehearsals with a hundred and something brand new people. And the way I always tell it was, if if they ever wanted to do, and they could they could launch it now, if you ever wanted to do the real world in a newsroom, take a bunch of 20 and something and 30 something year olds, hire them to a market they've never been to, throw them in a newsroom and let them launch a news channel. That's exactly what we would have been like, because that's what it was. We were all a bunch of newbies. Some of us had five, 10 years experience. Some of us graduated from college, you know, the week before and they got hired and it was all brand new. And it, and, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart, like what we did in Syracuse working at Houston now was was the most exciting thing I've ever been a part of because we were brand new. We were from the ground up, start from scratch. We'd never done it before. 24-hour news in Syracuse. They only had a year under their belt in Albany of kind of trying it. And it was awesome. It was, it was, it was really the most rewarding thing I've been a part of. And about that time, the, the sports channel started to do more. So I know they had one in Albany and they had one in Syracuse and they did more live coverage of stuff. And yeah, I was really fortunate that I got in. I think the first game I called for Time Warner in Syracuse was a Lemoyne College Division II softball game on a weekend on tape delay because they needed somebody. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. I, I did play by play. And it had probably been five or 10 years, you know, in college that I, since I had done a game, but I, I wanted to do play by play. I knew that's what I loved. Um, so that's how I got hooked up with that. If we look at that footage, does Dale Drypolter look the same? Was he on the call? Was it? Is he? You know who was? You know, I thought about it. You know, Dale. Dale wasn't at that, but you know who was on it was Danny Leadka, and Danny Whoa. was still doing games up until like last year. Danny was like my analyst at the Lemoyne College softball game, and but years later he became the mayor of East Syracuse. So you, you talk about moving up in the world. The mayor. I was going to say you beat me <laughs> yeah. to it. The mayor was still doing stuff <laughs> out there. Those are some Central New York references that I hope people really enjoy. Right there, that's really good stuff. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so all the opportunities are happening. The, the emerging of live action now in Central New York. You mentioned the Albany connection. This yep. time, of, uh, you know, mid two thousands, late two thousands, it seems as if sports is going to be like this. And from a national perspective, here, like this is the emergence of the NFL Network and Major League Baseball Network, where this seems to be where the future is going to go. We're going to have these specialized television yep. networks that are going to be the future. Is this kind of where things start to change? Because although it's maybe the most difficult thing to do in media is predict the future, the not, let, let's say the longevity of success of this just changes because of technology. So I, I remember vividly when I got hooked up with the Time Warner Sports Channel, it was at that time 
when regional sports channels were a big thing. Remember in Buffalo, they had Empire Sports Network and they had the Sabres. Howard Simon, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and they had the studio shows and they had the pre and post game show. And like Empire Sports Network was branching out a little bit and doing more Rochester and a little bit of Syracuse. And like they had that footprint of Western New York. And then Time Warner came along and launched a sports channel that was Syracuse, which was doing pregame and postgame shows. And they were getting a lot of the rights to the Syracuse games that weren't going to the major networks. So, you know, they're getting a dozen or 15 basketball games a year in the early going when nobody's watching them you know, the Cornells and the Colgate games of, of, of the season, you know, they weren't getting a lot of football, but they were getting the pre and post game shows. So you could see the post game. Um, and, and there was just, it felt like there was a lot to cover that was still available, you know, Cornell lacrosse and football and Colgate basketball and football and, you know, things around the central New York area. And there was enough to fill it. And there was, there was enough of a, a desire and a niche to watch local sports and then obviously you had Friday night football, there was enough to go around and, and every market started to get one. And I just, I used the throughway as my example, you know, Buffalo had one, Rochester had one, Syracuse had one. They bled a little bit into Binghamton and Albany had one. Every market kind of along the throughway had their own sports channel dynamic. And yeah, everybody was, was covering what was important to them in their home market. And then, yeah, it's, I mean, you're right. You can't predict the future and nobody, Nobody would have bet that streaming would take over what broadcasting was. You know, nobody would bet that everything would change the way it did. And, you know, I think, listen, I was never a sales guy. I never worked behind the scenes. But at some point, I think the money dried up and there, you know, there, there wasn't a return on investment into local, you know, local regional sports channels. And they had to, you know, they had to find another way. I, I want to get to something that changes for your career, but I, th I want to put a pin in this right now for this story, because just to follow up on that, it's, there's got to be a little bit of frustration now, because looking back 10, 15 years from where we sit in 2022, we're taping this in September of 2022, to what we saw there at the end of the 24-hour sports explosion, it's almost like it's really possible now something like that could come back. I know we both know Joe Calderon, yeah. like I know we know people yeah. that have tried something like this, and the that, that's why I feel like the future is of this. Like, it just doesn't have to be on television. It could be on YouTube. It can be on, that's where I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, it can still happen just in a different way. You know what the thing is? And this is like, it, it's always a generational thing, right? And like, I always am the first one to be like, I'm the old man of the group because I grew up in a different time in a different era. So it's like, if it's on TV, I'll watch it. If you put it on my television, I will find it. But if I have to go search it out somewhere else, I'm less inclined to get it, but everything, I mean, the, the ability to find what you want and, you know, information overload, you're right between podcasts, streaming, you know, your own, whatever your own social media outlet is, whether you just want to pump it to YouTube or you want to do what Joe did and create your own, you know, streaming platform, or, or if you're just going to do your own games and, and listen, you can even, you can go live in your own window of the games you want to broadcast if you you don't have to have a channel you can put it up for the two hours you're going to be on everything can be done you know what i mean and there's the the ironic part about it is is there's a market for everything it's just what, what do people want to consume you know and, and i think that's that's where you well, that's where you struggle you know what i mean i think every home market what do we talk about high school sports is king no matter where you where you live or where you work but the people who live in Clifton Park, who, who, you know, Shen is their home school in their home district. 
they're not going to care what's going on in Latham as much at Shaker or at Burnt Hills. They care about their pocket of high school sports. And I think, listen, I think I've seen that with college too. You know what I mean? You live here long enough, the union people care about what's going on in Schenectady. In the corner of their eye, they're watching what's going on at RPI in Siena and New Albany. But those people in Loudonville watching Siena, they're watching Siena. That's their thing. And everything else is just kind of secondary. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a different world and how people find it and specialize it. And the opportunities are still out there. It just looks a little bit different from what we're used to back in that late 2000 window. So with those changes happening for where you work, how do we get you from central New York into the capital region? Chris will share that story with us in a moment, but first got to tell you about the people that make this show possible. We've been talking about upstate New York. We've been talking about capital region businesses. We hope that you can go out and support these businesses so we continue to have success in the future. A family owned and operated business that is Lily and David Fine Jewelers located Route 50, the shops of Wilton. I know from Lily and David Fine Jewelers that they will help you find the engagement ring you're looking for. I know from experience, that's where I bought my engagement ring. Wedding band? Yeah, I've got that too. I wear the wedding band. I bought the engagement ring. Thanks for our friends who cleared that up this past week. See, I don't know that much about jewelry, but luckily Alyssa, David, and the crew can help you find exactly what she's looking for. Whatever you're celebrating, an anniversary, a birthday, the holiday season, and more, Lily and David Fine Jewelers will help you find what fits her style, her fashion, and more. Whether it's a new pair of earrings, whether it's a ring, whatever she might need, Alyssa and David, everybody in there, Tammy, Jacob, the crew will help you find exactly what she's looking for. I know from experience, and the selection's great. Route 50, Shops of Wilton, it's Lily and David, Fine Jewelers. Make sure to check them out on Facebook as well. Follow them on social media. And when you stop in, tell me you heard about Gaza's story, his botched proposal, how long you've been working with Lily and David, Fine Jewelers, and more. Lily and David, Fine Jewelers, Route 50, the Shops of Wilton. When you stop in, tell me you heard about Gaza's story from right here on Getting There with Gaz. And our friends over at Mohawk Honda. Mohawk Honda, we will be back live Thursday, September 15th. Godzilla Media, live on location. It has been too long since we've seen our friends in Mohawk Honda. And still, with that supply chain so strange, I had a conversation with my mother-in-law this past week about, wait, I can get a vehicle at Mohawk Honda? Yes. And you can trade in your past vehicle and maybe potentially get exactly what you Bought it four years ago. Those are the things going on right now. They want to buy your vehicles. Shout out to everybody over there from Greg Johnson, Cam McKenna, Brian McKenna, Lindsay Harrington, and more. Mohawk Honda is the place for you to go in upstate New York if you want a new ride. Tell me you heard about it from getting there with God. Tell them about the selection and everything that you can find. The 2023s are on the way. That means the 2022s can fit your budget right now. Get that new ride like I do. 2022 Pilot EXL sitting in the driveway right now. Thanks to everybody at Mohawk Honda. Shout out to our guy, John and Service, who I've said now for a week and a half. I have to call because I need service on my vehicle. Hopefully, you listening will remind me via social media I need to call John. He does a great job as always. We will be there Thursday, September 15th. A perfect time for you to snap into Mohawk Honda to upgrade your vehicle today. They want to buy your vehicle. It's Mohawk Honda, where they always go out of their way to please you. Now, Chris, we got to hear that story, man. Back to our conversation with Chris Watson. So about 2008 or 2009, so I had done six, seven years at the Syracuse Time Warner Channel and was, you know, doing Fenway's in the background. Say, which way did I go? There's, there's <laughs> yeah, there is. There you go. Man, he's my roommate. Um, 
I had done my six or seven or eight years at Time Warner, uh, Time Warner Albany News 10 now. We've gone through kind of another one of those like downsizing changes where we went from our own newsroom of News 10 now to now uh, at the time Time Warner was was lumping everything together in Albany. You know, everything was running out of the hub as they called it. Um, so it wasn't necessarily that I, I needed to make a change or wanted to make a change, but at that time in my life, uh, I was interested in you know, the girl I was dating who eventually became my wife, who is the mother of my kids. Um, she and I were, were together and I moved here to, to settle down and start my family. And, you know, that, that was what brought me here. And I was very fortunate that, um, you know, the, the Time Warner Albany, again, at the time, you know, went from Capital News 9 to YNN to Time Warner Cable News to Spectrum News to, you know, whatever it is now, you know, I ran the gauntlet of all the name changes, but they had an opening in their sports department. I came on board with, you know, you were talking about Joe. I worked with Joe and Marissa and, you know, I put in almost another 10 years working with those guys at the, at the news channel in Albany. Look at that, man. You hit all the spots. You made it happen. By the way, that's not easy either. I know you like looking back, like, oh, it just happened. I moved out to the capital region and landed a job. It's not that easy, but Chris Watson makes it sound easy. Just making those connections and having it happen. That's remarkable to have it happen like that, where you go to a new district, a new market, and are still able to say, look, I can make this happen. So kudos to you for doing that, man, because look, eight, 10 years here in the capital region and doing those things. And even now, your role is so unique now because you've got the broadcasting experience. You've got everything that's gone throughout your career. And you've got another thing that you get connected with with local sports and high school sports still. I I was really fortunate that, you know, everything lines up the way it's supposed to. And, you know, sometimes you make your own luck and sometimes you catch a break here or there. But it it feels like every time I was ready to to leave where I was and not necessarily know where I was going, but leaving where I was and, and going to the next thing, the next thing was right where I needed it or wanted it to be. You know what I mean? I, I, I say this because I, you know, if, if some journalist or somebody, you know, does latch onto this and they're like, yeah, but it, you know, it doesn't always work that way. I'm not saying every time I moved, I made a step up. You know, I, I made, I made moves that were either on, you know, on par for what I was doing, or I was willing to take a a step back to get where I wanted to be. You've got to be willing to do that. And I was, I was fortunate that jobs were open and that, that I was able to go to places I wanted to be. But not every time that I make a move was it, you know, I'm at this level, now I'm going up and now I'm going up the rung. Sometimes you got to be willing to ping around a little bit. And, and that's certainly the way it worked for me. It's good stuff. I love it. I love uh So wait, what's your role now with NISPA? All right. Is that the, so, pre- there's not yep. a lot of vowels in there. I want to make sure I got it right. Rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Let me give you a little free brand. Hey, like, the, the amount of swag I have. I didn't get this much swag working in TV. I'm as branded out as they come. Uh, the yeah. audio side, the audio side doesn't see so I'll give him, He's got the hat. <laughs> he's got the sweatshirt. He is good to go. You got stuff all over this house that's all branded with N-Y-S-P-H-S-A-A. If it doesn't roll off my tongue by now, I'm doing something wrong. Um, so yeah, the New York State Public High School Athletic Association, again, everything works the way it's supposed to be. Right? About 2015-16, um, their director of communications job came open. I was looking for something that kind of took me off nights and weekends because at the time I was still married and had very young kids. Um, and I, I didn't want to do the night grind and the weekend grind anymore. So their director of communication shop came open. Um, long story short, applied for it, had a lot of the, the, the similar skill set that they were looking for 
you know, to, to kind of promote high school sports across the state to cover high school sports. And uh, yeah, got hooked up with them in, um, I think it was August of 16. And yeah, been there ever since. So six going into seven years. I don't want to call the job easy for you, but you know everybody. Like, you know, you've done it before. You know, like the expressions, coaches and athletic directors and people, what their needs might be. When you step into this role, do you look around thinking like, I, I feel like I've dealt with this for my entire career of what's going I, on around me. I'm really lucky because, listen, longevity is a great thing. And, I, you know, somehow, some way I've put in 20 something years across the state. But the athletic directors and the coaches that have either been at the same schools or stayed in the same area that I know has been a huge benefit to me. It's funny. I understood, I understood what NISPA was when I started here but I don't think I knew how they did it. You know what I mean? I didn't understand how NISPA functioned. I just knew what they did. They put on the state championship events. They were the group that ran the football finals at the Dome. They were the ones that ran you know, basketball at Glens Falls, but I didn't understand how it happened. Now that I have been here long enough, now I understand how things happen. And it's, you know, it's 800, almost 800 schools across the state all run by their section, which eventually all kind of funnel to us for something at some point. So it, it's been the perfect, really the perfect marriage for me. There's a lot that's going on here before a lot of seasons kick off. I'm going to stay away from that because I'm sure your social media and your email is flooded with that. So don't worry, Chris Watson will ask all your questions and answer them all about everything else you're concerned about. I will let him pass on all that stuff. Instead, I'll ask him this. Uh, yep. Not so much the job that we're doing now, because again, people will criticize that, but I'm talking like sports broadcasters because you've covered it. Best advice for a young college student, whether they're at Oswego High School or Oswego College, wherever they might be across Central New York or beyond, what's the best advice you can offer them to launch their sports broadcasting careers? I think even though I am almost 20 something years removed from being a college graduate, I don't think it's changed. I think the, the message for me will always be the same. Do an internship, do multiple internships and make connections, you know, find the niche that you want to be in. If it's radio, television, print, you know, new, new media, new journalism, find that thing that you're interested in, do an internship, get real world experience, learning about it and be versatile. You know, I, I know television, that's what I knew, but in, in my world, being versatile in television meant I knew how to write. I knew how to use a camera. I knew how to edit. I knew how to produce. I was a reporter, so I knew how to put a story together. I knew how to anchor. There was, a, you know, for me, that was my journey. And not everybody wants to be on air. A lot of behind the scenes people would need to do the same thing. But make yourself as marketable as you can. As many skills as you can have. Listen, I, I, I'm an old man now, so new media is beyond me. But I know social media. And with that comes... I know how to use the big three. I know how to get my message out there. You know, learn how to do that and be good at podcasting and, and a video and your own streaming and your, you know, all those things. The more that you bring to the table, the more you're going to stand out. He is Chris Watson. Chris, thank you for doing this. I told you uh, the Time Order stuff in particular. I watched it as a kid for Salve High School, how big of a deal that was when you guys just go to the pit and watch our yeah. games and broadcast it, man. Yeah. Like that was such a huge deal to my teammates and stuff. So it was so cool to have those connections and everything else. And having this conversation with you, by the way, I feel like you're my big brother and we didn't even realize it. Listen, Upstate my friend. New York, Syracuse guys who, by the way, live very close to each other. You did Utica. I did the Finger Lakes. This is wild how close our life. Uh, you are the big brother to guys. I'm telling you. 
I'm telling you right now, we can talk about wrestling. I can talk about Central New York sports. I can talk about high school athletics in Central New York. You and I could run the gauntlet of all the things we didn't cover. I can talk about the Bills, the Red Sox, Syracuse, wrestling. Listen, we didn't even get into it. And that's fine with me because there's plenty of conversations for another day. And if you want to do music, we'll talk Pearl Jam. We'll talk Dave Matthews. We'll talk Old Country. Whatever you want to talk about, I'm available. Here's what we'll do. We'll call Greg over to Cross the Street Pub. We'll set up two microphones. He won't even know we're back there. And we'll continue some more conversations for the future. Thank you so much for doing this. Guys, it's my pleasure. I'm glad we got to connect. I'll see you down the road.